Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 7. In verse 18, the writer tells us that the former commandment has been set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. Now, those don't seem to be very kind words, but they are a reference to the Old Testament law concerning worship, the priesthood, and sacrifices. Was it useless? Well, it couldn't accomplish what man needed. It could not give him life. It could not take away his sin. It only covered it, and it could not bring him to God. So, in that sense, it it had weakness and it was useless. Well, we need to ask, why then did God give them these laws? Well, the animal sacrificial system was a reminder of the sins of the people, and it also reminded them that someday God would provide a perfect sacrifice, and it would replace this sacrificial system. You see, the animal sacrifice was a daily provision of God's future gracious provision. It was a shadow of the body to come. We may think of that Old Testament system as merely a picture, typical of the reality to come. The Hebrew believers were concentrating on that Old Testament picture, or that shadow, and giving it merit in regard to God. Now perhaps we can illustrate this. Consider the woman who daily delights in a photograph of her fiancé, who is in another country, and she receives a letter telling of his soon return, and he does arrive. Soon there is a knock on the door, and they embrace, and she tells him that he did not need to travel so far, for she didn't miss him because she had his photograph. Well, I think the man would have been insulted. You see, a person is much more than an image. An image has no life and no personality. Its value lies in its function to remind us of the living person. But when we prefer the image over the person, we insult the person. The law of the priesthood was a picture of something coming in the future. Now, that's a good reason why Christians should not try to live by the law of Moses, because it was only a shadow or a picture of something better. And if they do try to live by the law of Moses, they are dealing with shadows, and that's child's play. We are to concentrate on what was pictured by the shadow. Now, are you occupied with shadows? Are you trying to live by Old Testament laws and regulations to please God? Friends, forget the shadows and give attention to Christ, the eternal priest. God sent him. Forget the rituals and focus on the Savior who is pictured by the rituals. Now this passage teaches the success and fulfillment of Jesus' priesthood. What did it do? Well, by a better hope, it brings men to God. Jesus is called our hope. Notice verse 19, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, a better hope is introduced, through which we draw near to God. 
And that hope, of course, is Jesus Christ. Why is he called a hope? Well, he's in heaven at the right hand of God, having done everything necessary to save us. He paid for sin. He reconciled sinners to God. And he satisfied the righteous requirements of God's holy law. Nothing else was needed, not another thing. He did it all. Man's problem is that he isn't aware of all of this. Men are trusting religion instead of Christ's finished work on the cross for them. Yet Jesus said when he died, it is finished. It's all over. Everything required by God has been done. Now that's the good news. Now there are many people who are trying to draw near to God by their prayers by their sacrifices, by their dedication, and by their piety. Some people even withdraw from society to be alone so they can be near to God. Is that how we get near to God? According to verse 19, there is another way. It says, Jesus Christ is the better hope and he has been introduced for this reason so we can draw near to God through Him. He's the way. Now notice in verse 25 what the writer tells us. Consequently, He is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Who can be saved? Only those drawing near to God through Him. All of our good intentions and all the efforts of religion will not bring us to God. Nineteen hundred years ago, God spoke through His Son. And He said, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. That began what we call the last days. And God is still speaking through His Son in these last days. And the Son has proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He also said in John 11:25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall never die. This priest, Jesus Christ, isn't concerned with rules about the body. The former priests were... First, they had to be descendants of Aaron. They had to be bathed in water for ceremonial cleansing. They were anointed with oil, and they wore priestly garments. Blood of a sacrificed animal was touched to the tip of the priest's right ear and his right thumb and his big right toe. There were more than 100 rules that could disqualify those Old Testament priests. You see, the law was concerned primarily with such priestly activity. There was the sacrifice, the tabernacle, the garments, the blood, the washings, and so forth. And there were four sets of garments for priests made according to the law. Do you see what you have been delivered from? Our high priest is not concerned with physical things of the body what you eat, what you drink, or the rituals. Now listen to Colossians 2, verse 16. This is the word of Christ to us. 
After writing about the triumph of Christ on the cross, Paul writes in verse 16, Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come. But the substance or the body belongs to Christ. Now, I'm sure that there are some people who are troubled by what is written in verse 18, that a former commandment is set aside, and that refers to the law. The reason we are uncomfortable with that is because we have been taught that the Christian should live by the Ten Commandments, and that's how you live the Christian life. Now, here's a double revelation for you. Not only has the law been annulled, but more important... The law was never intended for Gentiles. It was only intended for Israel. And it's so declared in Psalm 147, 19 and 20, as only one of many passages that states this. It says, He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinance to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. Furthermore, instead of saving man, the law was given to reveal his sin. Paul writes that in Romans 7, that sin, finding opportunity in the commandment, deceived me. And he tells us in verse 13 that the law caused sin to be shown as sin beyond measure. But in Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul also writes that the believer in Jesus Christ has died to the law, He has been discharged from the law and that there is a new life to be served in the Spirit and not by the old written code. In the 2nd Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 4, the law is called the administration of death and condemnation. And he writes that the written code kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, in verse 19, we are told that there is the bringing in of a new and a better hope. It doesn't even imply that this new hope or this new commandment should be added to the old. It declares that the old had weakness and uselessness, and so the commandment was put away. The Greek word here is the same as in chapter 9, verse 26, where Christ put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Well, did he do it? He did it. Well, that's exactly what God has done with the old commandment. It was weak in that it could not ensure obedience among those to whom it was given. All their washings, sacrifices, and rule-keeping could not cleanse their consciences They were forced to repeat all these day after day in order to take care of sin after sin. Christians today try to imitate all that ceremony and religion of the Old Testament that didn't perfect anybody. We have our holy days and ceremonies and rituals on which some people depend to draw them near to God. We have Good Friday and Thursday and Easter and Christmas. These are not days to be observed to make God happy. You will still be outside the veil of the holy place until you accept the high priest 
Jesus Christ, and enter the most holy place with him. Now notice verse 19, by which we draw near to God. Jesus, our Savior, has entered the Holy of Holies in heaven, and by faith we are to enter with him. The gospel calls people to God, right into his presence in the most holy place. It calls us to the throne of grace where we find help in time of need. It calls us to the right hand of God where Jesus is seated and makes intercession for us. He is our hope who has entered within the veil and he is our forerunner. Now with all this, why do we assume some activity or ceremony of the body will help us to draw near to God? I'm afraid we've been misled. Many people have a fear of death. Sometimes Christians have a fear of death, but they should not have such a fear because Jesus promised to meet them, to take them where he is, and to raise them from the dead. The early Christians became martyrs rather than abandon the faith because they knew they would go to be with Jesus Christ. Do you know that you will go into his presence when you die if you are a believer? That's the big if. Many people don't know what it means to believe in Christ. Well, if you don't know, we think our password book will help you. It's called Heaven's Password and it's free. Write for a copy today. Ask for Heaven's Password. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.